Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Save the Kids podcast. It's your one-stop shop for raising kids in this tech-heavy world. We bring on professionals and experts to give you all the tools you need to help your kids become fire-breathing warriors that have the strength to break out of the mold society has put them in. At the end of the day, we're all here for one reason, to help save some kids. I'm your host, Nate Webb. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Save the Kids podcast. It's your host, Nate Webb, live in studio, Salt Lake City area, and we got a show for you today. One side of the social media coin that we rarely hear from is the legal side of things. And so I brought a guest here with us today that really knows his stuff in that area. We got here with us um, Officer David Gomez. He is a police officer for the Boise Boise County Sheriff's um, Office over in Idaho. And he's been a school resource officer officer over in a high school over there for a while. Um, he has a background in electronics and engineering and which he integrates into schools to educate parents on the dangers of social media. And if you guys are OG listeners of the show, then you'll know that Officer Gomez was one of the first guests on the Save the Kids podcast back in 2020. So I'm super excited to have you back on the show, my friend. Um, how are you doing? Excellent. It's good to be here. I always like to get the word out and talk to people about different things going on. Absolutely. So for those of you who may not know, tell us how you got into this space, being an advocate, being a police officer, how those two things came into one world. So my engineering background, one day I saw the ad for police officers in my own city, which I became a police officer. After three years of being on patrol, they said, hey, you want to be a school resource officer? I said, sure. So I went to a middle school. And while it's bless middle, your soul. Oh my well, goodness. <laughs> it, it, it's a big job. If anybody's ever done it, you know it's a big job. Um, but one of my main jobs was to build relationships with kids. And as I started mm-hmm. building relationships, I saw that the kids had everything on social media. And this everything. was back 2012, 2013. Everything oh, yeah. was still on social media. So oh, yeah. in order to educate myself on social media and what kids were doing, I made some fake accounts. Mm. The kids friended me without me even friending them because I said I went to the same school. Kids started friending me pretty soon. I could see what everybody was talking about, what they were doing. Well, then I started getting friended by predators. So then I talked to my department and said, hey, these predators want to meet up with 13-year-olds for sex. They said, well, let's do it. So we did. And so then because of that, I started educating parents on what kids were doing. I started educating kids on what predators were doing. And I started educating everybody on what predators were doing and what they were using and how they're getting to kids. Wow. Um, and then that, that led to you having quite like a, you, you grew quite the Facebook community. Um, that's probably where your biggest community is. You have a few hundreds of thousands of people, no big deal, you know, no, um, no, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, when, uh, where along the road did you start coming? I mean, you started, you know, you know, educating parents and everything. Um, what prompted you to start your um, your Facebook community, your you know your official Officer Gomez you know personality community? Well, as I started doing a few parent classes, they said, "Hey, you know, it'd be nice if this information could get out. Can you start a Facebook page?" Which I did, and then you know people had a huge interest in it, and it started going crazy pretty quickly. And I have kind of the trifecta where I know computers, I'm a police officer. And I like kids. That doesn't happen very often. Right, right, right. Usually, yeah. One of those three things is one of those is usually missing. <clears throat> but the the other advantage I have that a lot of people don't have is that I don't have to be as politically correct as everybody because I carry a taser. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
right? So parents like the raw format that I give them. It's like, hey, here's the things. Here's what you can get in trouble for. Here's what you need to know. And there's no fluff or, or sugarcoating it. Yeah. Um, when you last spoke with, you know, with us at Save the Kids with Colin back in 2020 during COVID, primarily there was a lot about Snapchat um, and what a lot of parents didn't understand with the implications of what their kids were do- doing on the platform and how predators were contacting them, things like that. And and the actions they're making now, how it can, you know, impact the rest of their lives. Here we are three years later, 2023. How has the digital landscape changed? What have you noticed? What What's going on? Well, we're still about Snapchat. Snapchat is still number one app that every kid wants to have. Okay. Um, and Snapchat keeps their updates coming so that kids continue to want that. And some of the updates are they do AI now. Oh, tell right? us about that. So Snapchat now has an AI friend on the on the platform. Whether you want it or not, you get an AI friend. You can rename them whatever you want, but it is powered by ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. And so now kids, you know, young kids that have ChatGPT on their Snapchat – they use it as their psychologist, as their mentor, as their friend, as their homework helper, as everything. Mm-hmm. So it's this fake person that learns about you, almost like a scary movie. Um, you have this person following you that's that's on your phone all the time. Mm. Man, that's that that I can see that why kids would be drawn to it, but I can also see why that could kind of be scary for a, those parents who might not know because. That that assistant, I imagine it doesn't forget. And it's just gathering data 24-7 all the time. Um, and so uh, well, as, a, as, a, as a resource officer, uh, what are you noticing some of like the, the digital behaviors that parents should be aware of when it comes to their kids and Snapchat and, you know, things like that? So, so the other programs that have come along since Snapchat has been TikTok. Mm-hmm. And now Telegram is the newest one. Telegram. Tell us about Telegram. What's Telegram? So Telegram is kind of a geo-based um, group chat. So mm-hmm. if you want to buy drugs, you go onto Telegram, you say, hey, find groups near me and you'll find drugs, you'll find sex, you'll find all kinds of stuff near you. It's like the back page of social media, but now it's really? on an app. And it's geographically based? Yeah. So when you when you you allow it to know your location, you say Hey, show me groups near me. And it'll say this group started at, you know, two miles from you or one mile from you. So you can basically go to any city, any town, find a group that's geo-based close to you and know that there's, you know, drugs available close by or sex stuff or, you know, they do. The do they name it that blatantly or do they try and like disguise it? Sometimes they name it pretty blatantly, but almost every group that's close by is going to have sex and drugs in there for sale. Really? Every, telegrams like that 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 populated with yeah yeah and there's stuff that a lot of people haven't heard of like you know the clone cards so they, they'll sell you clone cards they'll sell you you know cash app flip uh techniques and lots of scams go on there including the drug scams i mean they want you to pay for your drugs in crypto and then they don't deliver the drugs and there's nothing you can do about it I mean, that's like best case scenario for the, for the parents. <laughs> if if you get you just get scammed out of your money and your kids not to drugs. Holy crap! So wow, Telegram. How new is Telegram? Uh, it's been around for a while, but it just started gaining you know notoriety. Same thing with like TikTok was around for a long time before as musically. Musically, yeah. But but then they became TikTok and started you know gaining notoriety. Telegram now is going, gaining notoriety. I don't know how long it'll stay. You know, you get apps that come and go, but Telegram right. seems to be taking a hold right now. 
because okay. they have the geographical uh, group chats, which are unique to Telegram. Um, okay. We saw that in Yik Yak as well. But oh my gosh, in, yeah. It, in Yik Yak, they were pretty uh, anonymous, whereas Telegram, you actually have to have an account. Okay, and with Telegram, what are some of the what are some of the risks with Telegram? Because with, with Yik Yak, I was familiar with Yik Yik Yak because as a high school counselor, that was like the the game changer of bullying because it was anonymous. People could just start gossip about anyone at the school. It was a nightmare. What are some of the implications of of, of Telegram that you've been noticing? Yeah, well, Telegram isn't so much about bullying. It's just about, it, it's like selling drugs and sex. That's it. They're selling wow. drugs and sex. And and that's the biggest thing. I mean, that's that's plenty. <laughs> that, is, that is plenty. Holy smokes. Because what what do they advertise as? Because, duh, they don't advertise as, come here to sell sex and drugs. Um, do they advertise as like a messaging platform? Or like, well, how do they get kids into the app? You yeah, know, so this. They say they're a messaging platform and kids will try every messaging platform just to get around what parents are checking. Mm-hmm. And they see Telegram and OK. The other thing that Telegram does is they advertise that they are very encrypted messaging back and forth. So it's kind of private messaging. Ah. Uh, so so it kind of encrypts everything going back and forth. Lots of the anti-government people, the militias and those guys like to use that because it is encrypted. Mm-hmm. Although Snapchat even though it isn't encrypted, Snapchat won't give you any of the information either. So they're both equally as secretive. Wow. Wow. You know, when it comes to kids and their internet activity and the internet in general with the kids accessing it, what are some things that you've observed parents are just oblivious to that you wish that they would just understand? I would like parents to understand that when they give their kid a smartphone, they are giving them a drug. Right? So... I always tell kids the definition of being addicted to anything is giving up everything for one thing, right? Mm-hmm. And that can be pornography, that can be uh, drugs, that can be nicotine, it can be social media, it can be gambling. But right. you are giving your kid a drug. Once you give your kid a drug, you cannot control it any longer. Once they're addicted, you can't take it away. They're going to do hustle. They're going to steal, lie, cheat to get more of that drug. And so then the Mm -hmm. longer you wait before you give them that drug, the better they're going to be able to handle it. But you give it to a 10, 11, 12 year old, you know, a couple of years, they are going to be so hooked and they're going to end up with burner phones. They're going to end up, you know, on their Chromebooks at school. That's the other thing. Parents don't know Chromebooks at school, even though they are monitored by the school and the school tries their best, kids can find a thousand ways around Chromebook Mm -hmm. security. So once you give your kid a phone, it's like giving them a drug. How early Mm -hmm. do you want to give your kid on that drug? Well, and that's an interesting concept because eventually, eventually everyone's going to have a phone. Eventually everyone's going to have a soul. I mean, adults, right? Well, we cell phones. Um, so at what point do we give that kid that drug or how do we prepare that kid to have that? So it's more like a tool and less like a drug. Like, what can we do so we're not just fearful of this? Right. So uh, number one way is to control it yourself as a parent. Ooh. Right. Mm. Colin Carter, my favorite quote he always used to say is, hey, 98% of parenting is put down your dang phone. Yep, yep. Yeah, 2% of parenting, 98% putting down your phone. Put down your phone. It was one of my favorite things he used to say, and it's the same thing. As a parent, you're going to have to set the example. But then again, you know, at 16, you've taught your kid most things they need to know. At 16, we can start letting them have some social media. Yeah. It'd be the same as prescription pills, right? You don't want to get your kid on prescription pills super young. You want to get them some experience. You want to get them some, you know, life 
choice making skills so that when they get these options, they don't just go all in. But the other thing is, the longer you wait to give them that drug, the less it's going to take over other things. Because I see sixth graders who don't have a phone, they bring their guitar, they bring their Rubik's Cube, they bring their music, they do whatever. As soon as they get a phone, they go start gravitating towards that phone because everything's happening on that phone. They start giving up all those cool things they might have done out of boredom. Wow. And so at a middle school, um, that's what ages, what, sixth through eighth grade, sixth through ninth grade? Sixth, seventh, eighth grade is a middle school. Yep. Sixth, seventh, eighth. And so over the progression, I mean, you see your, your sixth graders, a lot of them probably have phones. Um, as they get older, though, what do you see in changing behavior or when, when it comes to their digital, um, like their, their digital behavior, the digital footprints, the things that they're doing? What are some of those changes as they get older? So as they get older, they're basically being groomed by the world on social media. Right. And so parents. Wow are no longer giving them their family values. They're giving them a cell phone. The cell phone is giving them their family values. So when I ask kids, what are your family values? Oh, well, we believe in abortion. We believe in CRT. We believe in all the hot topic, you know, political agendas that are being forced down kids' throats. They have no clue what kind of family values they have. Mm -hmm. Right. And they get so emotional about everything and cancel culture and everything else because that's what they're being groomed on for the 10 hours a day they're on social media. 10 hours? Yes. So I did an experiment at my school. In fact, this Ooh. was at the high school. Okay. I was at a high school with 2,300 students. I brought in a giant bag of lollipops. And I said, hey, show me you spent less than 12 hours yesterday on your cell phone, and I'll give you a lollipop. Well, by lunch, I'd hardly given any lollipops out. Less? Oh, my gosh. Less than 12 hours. That means they're using it at school. They're using it everywhere. But this has an effect on kids. I mean, they they melt down over anything. They don't have any of their own values. They don't know what their family values are. Their family is happy to just let them have a phone and, hey, stay out of my way. We'll feed you. We'll keep food in the fridge. You got to spend some time with your kids. Right. So for some of those parents who are listening who may be freaking out right now because they have a young child who has a smartphone. What are some of the ways that we can not necessarily put the cat in the bag, but we can help mitigate um, and help to try and heal some of these things that are going on? So the number one way is family activities. Mm, okay. right? and, I, and I tell parents, no matter what is going on, let's spend some time as a family. Um, have dinner two, together. <laughs> have dinner together, right? They, they sell a salt shaker that's a Wi-Fi blocker. Just throw that salt shaker on your table and, and block the Wait Wi-Fi. Wait a minute, for reals? No joke? No joke. It's actually a pepper shaker, but I think that's, they got us. That's so legit. <laughs> so it blocks Wi-Fi at the dinner table. I think the FCC might have a problem with that, but I don't know nothing about nothing when it comes to FCC. Uh, we won't put the Amazon <laughs> link to that, but go look it up. But <laughs> okay, so yeah. have have dinner yeah. together. Spend some time together. Um, I always tell families: super easy. Pick a sports team and get some swag, and let's 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 have some Sunday night sports, football, hockey, baseball, whatever it is. But let's do it. With no cell phones. And then once you get that down, you can invite the next family over. Hey, why don't you guys come over cell phone free? We're going to vote. We're going to root for the Packers, whatever you're going to root for. (laughs) Right. But then also no phones in bedrooms. That's like the ultimate evil is having phones in bedrooms. I always always tell parents, hey, look, if you went to a garage sale, would you uh, buy your kid a couple of Playboys and let them have them in their room overnight? No, they wouldn't get any sleep. Yet they're willing to let these kids have cell phones that have you know a million times more pornography on it. 
in their rooms overnight. And then I get a call from a parent says, we just looked at our 13 year old's phone and they're looking at pornography. Like, really? And you're like, I'm not surprised. Yeah. It, nobody should be surprised. Right. That's I mean, it, parents just forget when they started thinking about sex stuff. Yeah. Right. They don't they don't remember that at 13, somebody had a Playboy magazine. You were looking at a boy or girl. You're going to check it out because that's human biology. Yeah, it's normal. Yep. And so these parents, you you have to understand these things. You have to have lots of discussions. You have to have some guidelines. You can make them rules if you want. But in our house, we take in a lot of tough teens and they get an hour and a half of social media a day. And we use whatever program we need to use to, to monitor it. You get an hour and a half. And if you need more, you're going to do some community service. There's an old lady that lives on the corner. You go talk to her for half an hour. We'll give you another half hour. You want to go mow somebody's lawn? We'll give you some more time. For See, that. I used to do that for money. Like I used to do that in exchange for money as a kid. Like I want this kid. You can do this. You can have some money. Kids are doing this in exchange for time on social media now. Well, they should be. Yeah. They should be. Right. right? And, and the problem is kids don't want to work these days because parents are giving them all this money. So it's hard to find kids that will do work. But if we tell them, hey, look, do work for social media time, that's gold. Man, man. And it kind of plays, it's a double-edged sword in the good way that it helps them get off social media and also helps them learn hard work. Yep. Um, but parents have parents have to educate yourselves. Know what your kids are doing. Look at their phone. You know, yesterday, what, what was their battery life like yesterday? What time did they spend on different social media apps? It'll tell you everything you need to know. Monitor that. And just come up with some guidelines. It doesn't have to be rocket science. You just no. have to care about your kid and participate. And if you're willing to let your kid be on a platform, I think you should probably be on the platform yourself. Like if you're allowing your kid to create and consume on a platform, you should probably be on that platform so you can see what's happening. You can see the trends. You can see the things. And if you think that's too much, it probably is. So don't let your kid be on the platform. Yeah, so us SROs, we had 11 SROs when I worked for Meridian Police. In order for us to get educated, we made a little group between ourselves and just started Snapchatting ourselves so that we knew what it was about, what the secrets were, how to do this. And I get parents who join their kids as a friend on Snapchat, but they don't know that they can be muted. So all they're seeing is whatever their kid wants them to see. Oh, ooh, that's probably a tough pill to swallow. And they're like, no, I am doing the things. And you're like, well... What are, and I'm curious, because you you have a really good insight of you on this. What are probably the, the top three things that you see that kids are ninjaing out of their way around their parents, you know, technology restrictions that their, their, their family thinks, oh no, we we're good. You know, we're good. And their kids are like, whoa, ninja. Uh, what are the top, you know, two or three things that you're, that you, that you've noticed? The number one is having a burner phone. I mean, they call them burner phones as a secondary device. Yeah. Whether it's it's an old, outdated phone that parents have in their drawer, whether it's something they bought at school, whether it's something they traded vapes for, whatever. Because all they need is to be able to connect to Wi-Fi, really. All they need is either Wi-Fi or the secondary thing is they actually turn their parents' phone into a hotspot. So I was going to say, when, oh my gosh, yeah. When parents shut their router down, they got mom's flip phone that you know is beside her bedside table as a hotspot. Now the kids can get on the internet through mom's hotspot. Oh my goodness. So number one is secondary, <laughs> secondary devices. devices. Okay. <laughs> number two is school Chromebooks. Oh, kids have a thousand ways to get by school Chromebooks. They can get on Snapchat. They can get on YouTube. They can get around everything. And you know, I get a lot of parents who say, "Well, our school has Go Guardian." Yeah, we have Go Guardian, and kids have a thousand ways around Go Guardian. 
Um, and you can look down my Facebook page and see different ways around it. But number one way is you start it in like a safe mode or you log in as a different user or you log in in a VPN. There's all kinds of ways for kids to get around the Chromebook monitoring from the school. Uh-huh. Wow. And, and parents kind of feel they're kind of jacked on this because kids will say, well, I got to do my homework on my Chromebook. You can't really stop me from using that, the Chromebook. And so now they go and they're playing Roblox and they're playing Fortnite and they're playing everything on the Chromebook because parents think it's a school device and I can't monitor a school device. Yeah. You can sit them down in the, in the living room where you can see their screen at all times. That's how you're going to monitor or just tell the school, don't send that home with it with our kids. <laughs> uh, our school, our, our school district recently, cause I have a kid at kindergarten, um, they recently just purchased Bark um, for the entire school district, Bark for Schools. Um, and Bark monitoring is amazing, but I don't think there's a single monitoring, filtering, anything that's 100% foolproof. And so no. even even with these monitoring things, what do we need to do at the home to make sure that our kids stay safe? You you got to spend time with them. You got to know your kid. Yeah. Right? Guys, it's not rocket science. There's no, there's no magic. Like, it, so many parents are like, "Oh, what's the secret formula?" What's that? I'm like, "There's no secret. It's so simple." Spend time with your kids, and I get parents. Hey, how do I know if my kid's vaping? Well, go search their backpack, search their car. Oh, that's an invasion of privacy. No, they're your kids. Ooh, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, parents are so. We are so hell bent on being our kids as friends. That some of us have forgotten that we're their parents first. That that oh, but they won't trust me. They'll trust you so much more and respect you so much more when they know there are boundaries that you talk about. Because boundaries without communication is a recipe for disaster. But if you have boundaries and you talk about those boundaries, they'll respect you so much more than just totally yeah, just do whatever. Oh. Yeah. So in. And also the talks that parents have, right? If you're only talking to your kids as a family when something crazy happens and, hey, right. our family's in DEFCON 4, we're calling a family me- meeting, <laughs> yeah. that's no good. No, you know, kids are going to run away from that. You know, in our house, when we get some of these high-risk teens, we know they're addicted to drugs. We know they have problems at school. But we have a meeting every Friday night, no matter what. We call it tribal council. Let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly and, and how we can move on as a family team in the next week. Right. Mm-hmm. And that way, every Friday night, it's like, hey, this is happening. This is happening. And we tell them they can call tribal council anytime. We can call tribal council anytime. But that way, hey, we're talking. And once you do enough of these, even when the kid's in trouble, they know that you're going to do consequences based on let's learn something from this. And we are on your team and we want you to do better. And we want us to do better as a family. I like that. It's a good perspective to come from being all on the same team instead of you are in trouble and we are against you and coming across as that to the kid. Because when you come across as confrontational and us versus them with your kid, they zip their lips and you will not hear a word from them ever again. (laughs) Like they will not open up to you versus no, we're here together. We're going through this together. And so we want to be able to help you and you, we want you to be able to help us improve as parents as well. And so making it so they can have just as much input so that when stuff comes up, they can tell you and you're not in the dark and they're willing to talk about those things. Yes. And that's super important when it comes to things like sextortion, because the predators are counting on kids being afraid of their parents. Mm. And so that being the case, a kid's not going to tell their parents when they're being sextorted or have some kind of Internet predator scam that's gotten to them 
or something terrible is happening because they don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want to show that they're not as smart as they thought they were. But parents, parents got to talk to kids about this. And, you know, we talk to the kids and say, hey, look, we know you're going to mis- make mistakes. We hope you keep them small and we hope you come to us. There's going to be consequences, but we're still going to be on your team. And that's yeah. what I tell the kids at my school. You get a sextortion request. You've sent, you've done and made a mistake and somebody's asking you for money. I'm going to be your best friend. I'm still going to have consequences because you need to learn and we need to set an example for everybody else, but I'm going to be on your team. I'm going to care about you as right. much as I possibly can, no matter what. And then they come to me, not only for themselves, but they come to me when their friends are in trouble. Hey, right. Gomez, this, this kid's being sextorted. They need help. So that, 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 that makes me think of a couple of things. One, okay. One, what is sextortion? Cause I bet think there's a lot of parents that are like, what's, what's going on? But B, your kids know how to say that. They know what, they know what that is because they've been taught that at the school by you or the curriculum. Um, so that's amazing. But yeah, what, what is sextortion for our listeners? For, um, for those that don't know, what is sextortion? Sextortion is when you get contacted by somebody who is going to blackmail you for money, for pictures, for control. Um, in exchange for them not sharing an intimate situation of you, whether that's a picture, a video, a sexting with somebody you might not have been sexting with. And this is happening to boys so much right now. We get the predators who pretend to be a a young 15-year-old hottie girl. And -hmm. what they've done is they've gone to Pornhub. They've downloaded a series of an 18-year-old girl who looks like she's 15. They start a relationship with a boy and they send send them a topless picture and they ask for naked pictures back. And as soon as that happens, boys' brains are gone, right? Biology takes over, which is completely normal. They send their naked photo to this girl that they've been talking to and had a relationship with. And as soon as they do that, now they're going to get contacted by the bad guy who's going to say, hey, look, we have your naked picture. We're going to share it with all your Instagram followers unless you send us $500 in iTunes cards. Oh, my goodness. And I mean, there's been some really tragic, tragic things because of sextortion. We've had, we've had several young men die by suicide because of sextortion, um, because they feel like death would be preferred over the shame of facing their parents and the financial situation they'd be in. Like it's, it's a, it's, it's a real plague right now. It's, it's, it's growing. Yes. Um, And what everybody needs to know is you can't pay them enough to stop. So. I just dealt with a, a, a young man. He's 23. He'd been sending money to some unknown people for four years. <gasps> about $30,000. Four years? He was being sextorted. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And the, the longer you go, the worse it gets. Um, I had a young lady who for two years was basically a sex slave to somebody in her town because her parents were you know, prominent members of a church. And once her one naked photo got leaked, this person got a hold of it and said, hey, you'll send me another one or I'm going to send this to your church. She did. And then the further she got into it, the more he had on her. Then pretty soon, I mean, he's having her meet for dates and meet his friends for dates. And it was awful. And just because she was too embarrassed to tell her parents. That says a lot, too, to to how we can improve as parents when when our kids mess up. So that they're not so ashamed to talk to us so that predators can't depend on them fearing their parents so that when predators strike, kids know that they can trust their parents because like you said, you just got to talk to your kids. That's how you build that trust. You just got to freaking talk to your kids, get to know your kids, spend time with your kids, 
2% parenting, 98%, just put your phone down. Yes. And <sighs> some parents have a hard time starting these conversations. So I always suggest look at the news. Hey, look, this kid sent naked pictures and then they killed themselves. How many mistakes were made along the way? How come they didn't talk to their parents? What was so awkward about this? So mm-hmm. you can use other people's stories. You can use a Hey, you know what? I saw this on the news. What do you know about that? Have you seen this at your school? Do you think any of your friends have sent out nude photos? You know, what percentage of kids have sent out nude photos? Mm-hmm. Do you do you know any of your fellow kids who are having sex, right? And kids are having sex, full contact sex in seventh grade. So if you're not talking to your fifth and sixth grader about it, guess what? They're being shown by the seventh graders. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And that's something that's going to blow a lot of parents' minds because especially in Christian communities, they don't even think to to teach their kids about sex and they think that you know abstinence only ignorance is bliss is gonna you know stop them from having any sex at all and i'm like guys if you don't teach them google slash their peers will you get to choose they will and it's an awkward conversation but again you can use third-party kids you can use third-party people sometimes uh, you know youth group leaders are good at this you know they deal with kids Mm -hmm. all the time yeah. School counselors have a lot of literature you can use. School counselors are good at having this conversation as well. And if you you told your school counselor, hey, look, I'm not comfortable with this. Can you talk to my kid? Oh, they will. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say, be there in the room, parents. If you can't talk about it yourself, be in there in the room with them, um, please. <laughs> so your kid's not on their own some. But really, use the resources you have um, and educate yourself and your kids. Because sometimes, yeah, their life can depend on it, um, but also their future. You want them to have good, you know, emotional regulation, self-control, things like that. And it's not going to be there if we don't start it early on. And so, yeah, yeah and it's not going to be there if you let social media dictate your child's values. Oh, that's one's big. That one is big. Um, because as families, when you talk about your family values or your family rules or things like that, how much input do you allow your kids to have? How much talking do your kids do and, or is it just you yakking at them? Because if it's just you yakking at them, it's going in one ear and out the other. But if they get to contribute, if they get to talk, if they get to a buy-in, they are 100% more likely to actually follow those family values so that social media doesn't instruct them on who they are and who they should be because they already know that because they learned that at home. They taught themselves that at home with you. Yeah, and not just from talking, but from observing. And parents, every yeah. time you're in the car and somebody cuts you off, if you're flipping them the bird and having a, you know, a meltdown, guess what you're teaching your kids to do? You're yeah. teaching them the exact same thing. If every time somebody puts something on Facebook you don't agree with and you have a meltdown, guess what you're teaching your kids? Mm-hmm. If you're judging everybody you see as you pass on the side of the road, you are showing your kids how to act. And that is a lot more than even having the conversation. Yep. Yep. It's like that, Mac, that Michael Jackson song. I'm starting with the man in the mirror, you know, yep. gotta, gotta start with yourself, make those changes. If you want to raise a resilient, kind, everything kid, you got to be those things first. Yep. yep. You want to build a better kid. You better be a better adult. Yep. A hundred percent, man. This has been such a good conversation. Um, where can people see what you're up to and everything? Um, you know, shameless plug time. Let's hear it. All right. So, uh, number one, if you just type in officer Gomez on Facebook, is the best way, right? It's like Trump, Obama, Gomez. That's that's yeah. you'll, you'll find me. Yeah, I've been starting to break up a lot of my talks onto YouTube. So you just go on YouTube, type in Officer Gomez. I do make some TikTok ones, but those are more poking fun at some of the potheads and those kind of things. Yeah. Um, still some good lessons there. 
Um, I do have some Instagram, but I just, I've never taken off on Instagram, but we're starting to get that a little bit more going. Um, I just try and get the information out to as many people as possible in a raw format. And a lot of times the comments are just as good as the, the article, right? You see some very good ideas in the comments from super smart people. Yeah. So yeah, that will be in the podcast description. So you can go check him out. His Facebook community is amazing and his other platforms are really cool as well. Um, and if you would like Save the Kids to come to your community, there is also a speaker link in the in the bio, I mean, in the podcast description as well. So you can come invite us to your community. It truly does take a village and we all need to help saving these kids. So let's do it. Let's save some kids. Always remember, you are wonderful, you are worthy, and you are worth it. Go home and give your kids an eight-second hug, and we'll see you on the next one.